The following broadcast is brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International. Let every ear be anointed, both here and in the homes, to receive your word today. And thank you that signs and wonders follow your word. Thank you for the mighty Holy Spirit that is here, touching every heart and every life. Thank you for what took place 2,000 years ago at the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. Let that begin in people today, in their homes, wherever they might be, we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. You may be seated. I want to talk to you this morning about Pentecost because this is what we're celebrating today. And I want you to go with me to the book of Acts chapter 1, and I'm going to read several verses there, and then we'll get to chapter 2, where it all took place. Acts chapter 1, in verse 1, the former treatise of Armado Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to do and to teach, until the day in which it was taken up after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments. Say this after me, Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, commanded the people, he commanded the apostles whom he had chosen, and the Bible says, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them, this was the commandment, that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. So I want you to see this now. Watch this. Jesus rises from the dead. He spends 40 days showing himself alive, basically with walking signs and wonders and miracles. I mean, every single day, basically, because they sing the resurrected Lord. Then he commands them that they need to now go tarry at Jerusalem and wait for the coming of the Holy Spirit, which to all my evangelical friends who say, well, he just came to save us, this proves that he didn't just come to save us because if he just came to save us, he would then have told everybody, it's all good. Everything's good. It's all done now. You don't need to worry. Just go do what I've told you. But he didn't. He commanded them to go and wait for the coming of the Holy Spirit, for the promise of the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? This is the head of the church, the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't care what your theology is. I'm telling you what the head of the church, the Lord Jesus Christ did. He commanded them. He said here, don't depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you've heard of me. John truly baptized with water, but you'll be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Which, if Jesus was surrounded by apostles who were so-called theologians, they would have said, look, it's already done. You've already done everything. We don't need to do anything else. We've got your word. It's scripture so lay. 
We don't need anything else. What are you talking about? We must go wait for the Holy Spirit. Which, that's the narrative that's pushed by many people in the religious world that actually what they do, they diffuse the power of the Holy Spirit. So many in churches that are dead have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof because they don't understand that Jesus was the one that was instituting this. Jesus was the one that was telling the go tarry at Jerusalem. You can be saved and on your way to heaven, but never have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you in power. Are you with me? I mean, the Holy Spirit's there involved in the new birth, but you never have the fullness of the Holy Spirit because you don't understand what Jesus spoke about when he talked to the disciples, when he walked with them. He talked about a well springing up to everlasting life in John chapter 4 and John chapter 7. He talked about a river. That's why the church is called the river because it's about a river of life that will flow from your innermost being. But that river has to come and take full control. The Holy Spirit wants full control of your life. And you have to humble yourself. Somebody said, but how will I look? Who cares? Do you know how you look right now? People have an arrogance about them. Well, I don't want to look like that. As if they look phenomenal right now. I meet religious people all over the place, and they already think they look so great. And I go, man, you're missing something. It would be like having a flashlight with no batteries in it. Great flashlight. How much did you pay for that? Oh, this thing is the, yeah, but you open it up, there's no batteries in you. You've never switched the light on. When you've got to get power, it's like trying to buy your kids some toy where, where it says batteries not included. And I'm tired. I've had it up to here to meet Christians that have, they've got no batteries. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. If all the power was dynamite exploded, it wouldn't even be enough to blow their nose. And you can just hear it when they pray. The, the prayer gives it away. Let, let's pray. Oh God, Israel, Lord, if we got Father, we thank thee that thou they can you shut up for a moment, please? How's anybody supposed to get something off of that kind of a prayer? What is that? Now lay me down to sleep? I pray the Lord my soul to keep, and if I die before, what is it? Twinkle, twinkle, little star, how wonder what you are. High above the world, so high like a diamond in the sky. What are, what are you doing? What's this, some kind of thing? Yeah, we can put a well at the front, and you can throw a coin in and wish. I just wish to God. I just pray, I just wish my mother gets healed. When he's actually given you the power to actually get it done. And it's actually available to every single believer. Every single one of you. They didn't know how long they had to wait. They had to wait 10 days, brother. They went to the upper room and waited. Day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, day six, day seven, day eight, day nine. Imagine being the people that left the, the room day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, day six, day seven, day eight. Imagine being the people that left midnight on the ninth day. Imagine being the people that left 
at five minutes to nine o'clock on Pentecost Day and you left because you had to go pee. That's where most people will be when Jesus comes back. They'll be sitting on the pot. That's why when the virus came, everybody bought toilet paper. Because that's where their brain is. Hello. Somebody said, Pastor, I mean, we do need to go to the restroom. I never said you can't go. We have facilities here. We're building nice ones for you over here. Somebody said, well, don't you ever need to go? How, when do I go? How do I leave now? Hey, just hold that thought. I just need to run somewhere. You, you can become a long-distance camel just like me. Can you say amen? I'm pulling a few people's legs here, just teasing you. No, I want you to go. I'm just letting you know. I understand. So now go to Acts chapter 2, and let's read from verse 1. So now, this is 10 days later, because Pentecost means 50. So Jesus left on day 40, and the Holy Ghost showed up on day 50. But they didn't know, the, they didn't know when he was coming. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. You want to know what the 10 days were there for? How many want to know what the 10 days were there for? To get everybody on the same page. To basically get rid of everybody that wasn't there, that would cause division or whatever. And they easily distracted, and that's why they left. So on the day, if, say, somebody left at 5 to 9 in the morning, and it was like 122 people there. And the two people that would have been the problem left. And then suddenly God said, okay, now there they are. And now the Holy Spirit can come. One accord, one place. Boom, suddenly. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven, verse 2, as of a rushing mighty wind. The Amplified says like a violent tempest blast filled all the house where they were sitting, and they appeared to them cloven tongues like as a fire and set upon each of them. So what is this? This is personal. This is fire for each and every person. It's set upon each and every person. One, one didn't have all the fire and the others had nothing. One, it wasn't like they were sitting there looking, oh, oh, look here, Peter got all the fire and we got nothing. Where's, where's my flame? I might have to steal it. Thomas, can I steal some of your fire? I doubt, I doubt you can steal the fire come from me. No, the power came and was given to each one. It was distributed to each one. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So the utterance came. It was their mouth. It was their vocal cords. It was their tongue that was moving, but the Spirit was giving vocal, was giving the utterance as it began to flow like a river coming right out of them. And they were dwelling Jerusalem, they were dwelling at Jerusalem, Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. When this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because every man heard them speak in his own language. They were all amazed and said one to another, Behold, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how ye we every man in our tongue wherein we were born? 
Parthians and Medes and Elamites and dwellers of Mesopotamia, in Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Pergam, Pamphylia and Egypt, in parts of Libya, about Cyrene, strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. And I, I've, I've emphasized this to you. They were not talking natural languages. They were talking heavenly languages. It would be if we had 15 people here today from different countries that did not understand a word of English, and suddenly I spoke in a heavenly language, and each person heard them speak in his language. People say, oh, he's speaking French. No, I'm not. Somebody said he's speaking German. He's speaking Dutch. No, they heard them speak. It's not a natural language. Do not let these theologians take the supernatural power of God and bring it down to the realm of their reason. This is a heavenly language. I said this is a heavenly language. Can you say amen? So they were all amazed and went down saying, what meaneth this? What does it mean? Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. On the day of Pentecost, they looked like they were drunk. They were filled with new wine. They were not baptized in vinegar. You heard Christiane Hall. She's a constitutional attorney. On Monday morning, when they told her her car was stolen, they were still drunk from the night before. You say, how? They came to the river. They were drinking at midnight. Are you with me? You know, when you get drunk on the new wine and they tell you your car is stolen, you don't really care. You just kind of laugh, you know. Hey, the car was stolen, good. We'll get a new one. Somebody said, don't you understand the car is stolen? I tell you, I'm calling it back. They're going to bring the thing back, and they're going to fill the tank, and I want it parked right here in the neighborhood. Somebody said, you're crazy. Now, I'm not crazy. I'm just drunk. But Peter, standing up with the leopard, lifted up his voice. Now, again, you can't see the transition in Peter's life. This was the one that denied the Lord three times, and now he's standing up on the day of Pentecost. It's a before and after picture. Before the Holy Ghost, you're ashamed, you deny him, you're embarrassed, you even cuss. I don't know the man. After the Holy Ghost comes, you're totally bold and you're radical and you're on fire and you preach. God wanted to show you the before and after picture with Peter. So I don't care what you look like right now. That means nothing. God will come and rearrange your face. I mean, not, you know, in it. Just put a smile on it, if you understand I me. Mean, you're still going to look the same. Are you with me? Sorry about that. I saw a man nudging his wife. You need it. You need it. No, you need it, sir. You need it yourself. Stop picking on your wife. So Peter, standing with the lift, lifted up his voice and said, You men of Judea and only that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known you, hawk on my words. These are not drunken as you suppose. They are drunk, but not as you suppose. But they are drunk, but not as you suppose. But they're still drunk, but not as you suppose. But they're still drunk. They're not sober. Seeing about the third hour of the day, but this is that. 
which is spoken by the prophet Joel, that it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I'll pour my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, which I was happy I had an open vision. He said, young men, that's me. Your old men shall dream dreams. I had those, but they, they took place 10 years ago. I, I've been, I see visions, so that means I'm young. Hallelujah. I walk into that myself right now. And on my servants, on my handmaidens, I pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. I'll show wonders in the heavens above, signs of earth beneath blood and fire and vapor smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, which has happened, the moon into blood. We've had so many blood moons. It's like every day is a blood moon now. Uh, before the great and notable day of the Lord come, but it come to pass that whosoever call the name of the Lord shall be saved. Ye men of Israel, hear these words of Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourselves also know. Now, one of the problems in the evangelical world, they don't believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. They don't believe in the heavenly language. Not that they didn't believe there was a heavenly language. They believe that that was back in Bible days, but it's not today. They say that was God, if you, if you question them, say, so tongues, in the book of Acts, that was God, yes. Today, no, it's of the devil. It's the same, these are the same people that make a, a bee a fish. Are you with me? The same people that make a bee a fish are the same theologians telling you tongues is not for today. Yes, it is. And it's your prayer language. And until you learn to pray and get the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, your prayer will always be weak. Always weak. Are you with me? But he did not say, you shall receive tongues. He said, you shall receive power. Because I know a lot of Christians, they pray in tongues, but they have no power. Hello. Because they went to somebody and said, well, you're going to get the baptism of the Holy Spirit right now. Just say this off to me. Banana, banana, banana. And the person goes, banana, banana. You've got it. So they go around. Banana, banana, banana. You didn't get it. Give him a banana. It's a heavenly language that bubbles out of your belly, and you don't teach other people to follow me, go rabashata, and then copy you. It comes right out of here. The Holy Spirit will come like a river and flood out of you, and a heavenly language will come. And that's not one of the nine gifts. That's your prayer language. But Above all of that, the power comes. The power comes to your life. That power is the word virtue, which is found in Mark chapter 5, the story of the woman with the issue of blood. The word virtue is the same word found in Mark 5. It's the same substance that healed the woman with the issue of blood. It comes upon you and in you when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Well, Jesus felt virtue flow out of him. You will have virtue that will be in your life, and that virtue will be uh, activated, and that virtue will just be there. It'll be there all the time. Got nothing to do with getting to a service. I need to get into a service. My virtue is low right now. 
No, the service is in you. The Holy Ghost is on the inside of you. That's why you stir up. You stir up the gift that was given you by the laying on of hands. He tells you. What is that power to do? The power to be a witness. The power to demonstrate the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ that if you walked in the place that didn't believe in God, when you walked in there, suddenly they believe in God because they said, I've seen somebody. I didn't believe there was a God, but somebody walked in here. I looked at them and I see Jesus in their eyes. I hear Jesus in their voice. I feel Jesus in their touch and I can't get rid of those words. They said to me, they asked me two questions the other day. I go lie on my bed. I can still hear their voice. What is that? What did that person speak? Well, they, 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 they don't talk as somebody that just has information. They speak like someone who actually knows what they're talking about. And as they were speaking, the reality and the nearness of God comes and invades that person's life. I led a master golf professional to the Lord who lived in Hawaii. I was... We, it was over October period, and we normally go there, but we'd been away over in Africa. I said to my wife, I can't, keep, I can't miss Sundays, you know. We've got a church. I have to be there. So we flew out. I left her there. I flew back, did Sunday morning, then I flew back. Only an idiot does that. I mean, <laughs> six-hour time change. You know, I'm on a holiday. It took me three days to recover just from getting back there. You know, I mean, you don't really have a holiday. But anyway, that's the sacrifice that you make just for being a pastor. So anyway, um, we on the plane going back and I was counting my calories on my diet. And he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm just, I've lost a lot of weight. And I, you know, I said, I'm just checking that I don't, you know, put it back on again. So I'm, I'm, I'm monitoring myself. I'm, I've, got a, I've got a food budget that I eat every day and I'm staying within my budget. If I don't, I end up with a bank. Are you with me? And I used to have rolls. I mean, I, I, I used to have rolls. There was days when I had, I was, anyway, I'll leave that alone. And so he said, man, that's amazing. And I said, what do you do? He said, I'm a master golf professional. I said, what is that? I never heard of that. He said, I teach golf teachers how to teach golf. I said, really? He said, yeah, there's about 240 of us here in America. I said, oh, I said, can you help me? He said, what do you mean? I said, well, I've lost so much weight. I lost, you know, over 170 pounds. And I said, I have two swings. I have a fat swing and a thin swing. And I said, in the middle of my game, suddenly I'll go to fat swing. I don't know what to do with it. It's just the way it is. Because when you big, I lost like 15 inches around my waist. You know, it comes right in. So you, you, you can't just turn and pick up. I mean, I had to just lift the club. And I used to hit it far. But you're doing everything wrong. You know, it's just wrong. Some people on the golf course, they look like a giraffe at a, at a drinking hole. You know, anyway, it just looks bad. And so he said, sure, I can help you. He said, come to this club tomorrow. Meet me there. I teach, I teach there. So I went over to the golf um, uh, thing in Maui. And within 10 minutes, man, he said, do this. He said, look, you're not a professional. You're never going to be a professional. I said, I understand that. He said, let me just show you some basics that you need that you can do pre-shot routine that will stop you from picking the club up. 
And within 10 minutes, he had me hitting the ball straight. I thought, this is phenomenal. So I pay him the $125 for the, for the hour-long lesson or whatever. And now I'm standing, I'm looking at West Maui Mountain, beautiful. There's more rainfall there than anywhere else on the planet. It's where all the orchids are growing, where the giant waterfalls are. And I'm watching the cloud formation coming, and I'm looking at the beautiful Maui sun and the palm trees and everything. So at the end of the thing, he looks at me and says, so what do you do? I said, I'm a preacher. I travel around the world telling everybody about Jesus. Now, he just got through telling me, you cannot left brain the game of golf. It's a feel game. You have to feel it. You, you can't come here with all this stuff and then try, you're going to lift this, you're going to do that, you're going to do this. You're going to, he said, you'll just paralyze yourself. You've got to feel it and just swing with whatever you, know, you have and manage it, and, which was totally true. That's how you play golf. And so, which is more me anyway. I'm, I don't really care. Everybody's frozen on the technicalities of everything. The same as ministry. You can't get frozen on the technicalities. You have, it's in the moment. It's, you know, you, in the moment. So when I said I'm a preacher, I travel around the world, tell people about Jesus. He said, I have a real problem with that. And I looked at him. I said, do you want to know why? He said, uh, why? I said, because you left brain God. You can't left brain God. You have to feel it. And as I said this, this huge butterfly came and flew between the two of us. It was like something out of the movies. I said, you see that? That's my father. I said, you see West Maui Mountain? That's my heavenly father. And as I talked in the power of God, come right on the tears, started rolling down his cheeks. And I led him to the Lord right there. He got saved. He got saved right there. Yeah. Mr. I have a problem with that. Mr. I have a problem with that didn't have a problem once the reality of the power of Pentecost flooded a training session at a golf course in Maui and the, and, and the mountain spoke and the palm tree spoke and the butterfly spoke of a creator of heaven and earth. I said, where do you think all this comes from? Where, who made this? My father made this. Now stop trying to left brain him. So he got saved. He led his son to the Lord. He went and led his father to the Lord. He was in his 90s before he died. Power to be a witness. I said power to be a witness. Where you can actually walk up to people and say, give me your hand. What, what, what are you going to do? Give me your hand right now. What's going to happen? The power is going to come on you. I'm going to put my hand on you. When, the, when I put my hand on you, the fire of God's going to come on you. You mean it's real? Yes, it's real. Yes. The same Holy Ghost that came on the day of Pentecost. Amen. He said in Acts 1, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost come upon you, and you be witnesses unto me, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. I'm here to testify to you that this power will take you places. It started with me in Port Elizabeth, and then went to the Eastern Cape, and then went up to the Northern Province, and then brought me to America, and now carrying me to 85 countries of the world. When the power comes on you, it'll move you. Are you with me? I'm telling you right now, that same Holy Ghost that came on all the apostles of, of old, that same Holy Ghost will come on you the book on boring, you will never read. I tell you, once you get saved, everyone needs the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Every person, regardless of who you are. 
the greatest gift after salvation is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? amen? It's really our engagement ring to Jesus. He says, I'm, a, I'm going away, I'm sending the Holy Ghost, but he'll be with you until I come. And, and so you wear your engagement ring. I'm not going to hide it away because I've got a bunch of bishops. Well, we have a bishop here from the first church of, I don't care. It's a Holy Ghost church. So he said, now pastor, I'm bringing some people here. Please tone it down. Don't tell me that. I'm going to tone it up. Pastor, we bring people here. They're strangers. Don't do anything. What do you mean crazy? You mean like pray for people? Like I can't pray for people? Huh? Don't get me started on that. Here's the thing about the power. The power is not limited. Saving power. You actually have an power from the Holy Ghost to actually go and bring people into the kingdom. Some say, well, you know, we just all sinners saved by grace. Yeah, that's what you were. Yeah, you were saved by grace. But now you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Stop talking nonsense. What do you think? That's going to help the sinner you're trying to get saved. I tell you, we, we all sinners. Okay, yeah, have a drink. Are we all sinners? Hey, I got some cocaine with me. Oh, thank you. Whoever begin to speak after you've been saved that you were all sinners. Here we were, but you're not now. Hello. That irritates me. I get around people and I tell them, we're all just sinners. Well, speak for yourself. Because then I want to give an article. The moment they start that nonsense, say, every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around. What are you doing? I'm going to get you saved right now. I gave my life to Jesus. Then stop talking nonsense then. So, as you go through the book of Acts, it unveils to you the plan that God has for the church. With this power, saving power, healing power, you can see that in Acts chapter 4. I mean, when you walk up, silver and gold have I none, such as I have given unto thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. That's healing power. And his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong. Delivering power that can deliver a person from devils. I could spend hours just talking about it. We've been going through the book of Acts for the past number of years, really, with the, day, with the, with the weekly bulletin. How many have been going through the bulletin? Verse by verse on the book of Acts. We still not finished the book of Acts. The book of Acts has to come on the inside of you, has to live big on the inside of you. So power to save power to heal, power to deliver. People need to be delivered today. Devils need to be cast out today. And that Holy Spirit power is there to deliver people from the power of the enemy. Now, that doesn't mean to say that you go over and you go to Antifa rally. 
Somebody said, I'm, I'll tell you, I'm going to put this to the test. I'm going to Antifa rally, and I'm going to cast the devil out of them. There are many people that don't even want to be set free. Are you with me? So I don't recommend anybody going to an Antifa rally to cast the devil out of screaming Antifa. Hello. Well, what if the Lord told me? If the Lord told you, then you'll go, and you'll get great results. If he didn't, you're going to lose everything. You'll be like the seven sons of Sceva. They'll beat your sorry behind. Power in the face of death. Like Stephen, who was a, a deacon, who did great miracles and wonders among the people. And then they stoned him. And he was unfazed. He didn't even, like, he looked up. He said, I see Jesus stand the Father's right hand. Power even in the face of death to when probably the rocks were hitting him. He never felt anything. He just, they thought, I'm going to kill him right now. And he was just like already there, you know. Who knows what they planned here in the next five, ten years, you know? But for the Christian, for the believer, full of the Holy Ghost, you have nothing to worry about. You have nothing to worry about. And you won't know until you put in the position. Like I always wondered for years, how would it be if, when I, if I got arrested? I found out that I was calm. I was actually joking. I, I was calm, like a total peace. My mind's thinking, you're about to get arrested. And I go, yeah. It's just like a total peace. So much peace that when I was thrown into the prison cell, I fell asleep. In 30 seconds, I sat down, folded my arms, and went to sleep. If I wasn't, I'd have been walking the floor. I can't believe I'm here. I tell you, my God, they took me through. When I get out of here, I just sat down, folded my arms, and I was gone. I was sleeping. I thought I was in there for hours. They opened the door, please sign you. I, my wife, I, when I saw her, I thought I'd been, she said, you weren't even in there for 40 minutes. I thought, no, I had to be in there longer. Come on, I mean, don't make my testimony less, you know, I was taking that. <laughs> Lord, at least I have a, a testimony. I was tortured, you know, whatever. They fed me no food or whatever. I didn't even have that. I did have a testimony that none of you came to visit me there. Jesus said, when I was in prison, you visited me. None of you came. It's a sad story. No, but even if you came, by the time you got there, I was out. Are you with me? But I can tell you a peace. Total peace. Not once did I worry about my reputation. Not once did I think, oh, what, what's the ramification this going to mean now? What will this mean to the church? I just... It didn't really matter to me because I was never going to shut the church down. Because people that have this power, when you have the power, then you realize who's in charge. Are you with me? 
not some bureaucrat, not somebody stuck in Europe making a decision to suddenly, the church needs to shut down, they need to socially distance, they need to wear a mask, they can't sing, they can't lay hands on people. Oh, my Bible tells me to do all those things. You're telling me I can do what my Bible says to do. I don't bow down to the who. By the way, just so you know, the WHO came out with a whole statement that dogs do not carry coronavirus. So they don't have to quarantine anymore. So the WHO let the dogs out, just so you know. <laughs> that just happened this past week. It came to false. WHO let the dogs out? No, that's, that was the headline. They, they decided that dogs can't pass on, you know, viruses and stuff like that, so they can be let out of quarantine. The who? Who let the dogs out? It reminds me of Cape Town, South Africa, because they started putting up mosques and they have the towers that call out right at the crack of dawn, you know, like 5.30 in the morning. Oh, they're calling out. So two, two, two of the locals, they climbed up the tower, they took a 45 and they held it in the guy's head and they made him sing, who let the dogs out? Woof, woof. And so from the tower, here's the guy crying out. It's supposed to be early morning prayer. A call to prayer. Who let the dogs out? Woof, woof. <laughs> Only in South Africa. It's that sense of humor. Because they were waking them up. They're tired. They want to sleep. And you've got some dude shouting from a tower. They're starting to do that in America now. Minneapolis has just passed a law that they can do whatever they want to. Power in the face of death. That means even if it comes to it, you'll have total power. If they burn you at the stake, you won't even feel it. You, you'll just stand there. If they shoot you, you'll just be rejoicing. The thing, go ahead and make my day. If they use a guillotine, when your head hits the floor, your mouth will still be talking, especially if you're a lady. <laughs> and if you're Spanish, you can get more words in than a gringo <laughs> because they talk so fast. People from the south talk so slowly, so your head would fall to the ground. You go, well. <laughs> you will receive power that money cannot buy. Where Simon the sorcerer saw the power and he said, give me this power. 
I've got reference. I should give you all the references. You can write it down. Um, healing power, well, saving power. Of course, everybody got saved as Jesus met them, breathed on them, said, receive the Holy Spirit. Healing power, Acts 4, 9, 10, 13. Acts 5, 12 to 16. Delivering power, Acts 5, 17 through 25, where they were delivered out of prison. The whole prison shook and they came out. Uh, power in the face of death, Acts 7, 55 to 56, and the power money can't buy, Acts chapter 8, verses 5 to 23. Simon the soldier saw that by the laying on of hands, the Holy Ghost was given. He said, hey, here's some money. Give me this power. You can't buy this. And that's the problem in modern ministry in America. They want to buy the anointing and they want to get everybody that has an anointing and they want to buy them and pay for them. People wonder, they ask me, how do you get so many anointed people around you? I said, we take ordinary people and we put fire on them and then you feel you've got anointed people around you. Then I got all these preachers wanting to hire our people. And I said, you don't have to hire our people. Well, we don't have people like this. You do. You just don't put fire in them because you don't have fire. You up here in your head. And then they just look at me. I said, even if I send you all my people in three months, you will squash the fire out you put the fire out, and they'll be sitting there as dead as your people are right now. Because they're afraid of people that have fire because they don't know how to control them. My job's not to control you. My job is to put the fire on you, turn you loose. You obey the Holy Spirit. Everything will work out. If I obey the Holy Spirit and you obey the Holy Spirit, how are we going to have a problem? Mr. Control Freak. You've heard me say this before. One of the greatest problems we have with River University graduates, the moment they graduate and they go, graduate and they go back home, the pastor says, now we're going to have to get the river out of you now. Because they're coming back full of fire and, they, and it threatens the status quo. Then they want to hire some person out of seminary who has got a PhD in pastoral studies. You know what a PhD stands for? Post hole digger. <laughs> he has a post hole digging degree in pastoral studies. And when you meet him, He's twice dead and plucked up by the roots. Everyone we have around us is anointed. You go into the children's ministry, all the kids understand the anointing. I, look, it's rare to go around you and find somebody that doesn't have it, even just like a smidgen of anointing. Hello. Great job last week. Yeah. Great job. I saw by the end of the week was less of the South African accent. It was more of your accent. God's doing something. I see a work happening in you. 
Everybody say this off to me. Power. Power. Money cannot buy. Do you understand what you have? Power that no money, no amount of money can buy the power that you have. Oh, I feel it right now. I tell you what, I like, feel like I'm going to take off, run around the field here once or twice. Power that no money can buy. It's free. All you have to do is humble yourself to grab a hold of it. Hallelujah. Power to move around supernaturally, like Philip was translated. Acts 8, 39 through 40. He was preaching to the eunuch and then caught away, found a deserters. Power to preach, power to teach, power to do the will of the Lord. Overcoming power. And you leave in that power to look at the clock and realize you only got 20 minutes left on the satellite. Now, let me wrap this up with this. Because I can go for a week or 20 days on this, you know. The only way that I can tell people how to get this is to humble yourself. To invite the Holy Spirit to come. To let him take over your life. Some people think even if they're going through a situation and they get angry, the Holy Spirit left. He doesn't. Elijah was a man of like passions, just like us. But he prayed fervently. The heavens shut up, no rain, and then he prayed again and the rains came. God understands all of those things. So you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. You come hungry, you come thirsty, and you have to stay that way. The only reason I've been going all these years and I'm still flowing on the power of God because I'm still hungry like I was when I started out. And you receive by faith and you yield, you yield. And then you spread, you spread it everywhere you go. You spread the good news. You wake up with that purpose. I'm going to spread this everywhere I go today. Today is going to be a day where there's going to be big trouble for the devil. Today. I'm going to get people saved. We're going to cast out devils. Today we're going to lay hands on the sick. See? And you're always in that place. You're looking every opportunity freely you have received and you freely give you want more who wants more give away what you got don't hold on to it don't bottle it and don't label it I don't care what year you got it and I don't don't make some vintage out of it I tell you I got the Holy Ghost in 1962 yeah it looks like it's been bottled up put on a shelf in some storage thing it's to be poured out and he'll give you more and it'll be fresh and it'll be new can you say amen and you write history glory to God 
Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God. I mean, they call in this month, what, Pride Month? No, it's Holy Ghost Month. I says Holy Ghost Month. It's a month of the supernatural. Tomorrow you're going to see the supernatural everywhere you go. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, every day, every single day. You're going to see it happen. Why? Because he's alive and he's not dead. Can you say amen? And now, as, as before we pray, let me say this. I'm so glad I don't stand here today and talk about, oh, the day, the book of Acts. Would to God, oh, Lord, that we could go back to those. I'm so glad I'm not standing here talking about, I just wish we could go back to the days of Azusa or some past move of God where the guy's dead. I'm so glad the Holy Ghost is alive and he's real today. And each person can have their own personal Pentecost. Can you say amen? I want you to bow your heads right across the field right now while heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If you came onto this field today, under this great pavilion, you fit in any one of these categories, I want to pray with you and for you. Or you tuned in and you're watching by way of television, I want to give an invitation right now. What would happen if today was your last day on the earth and you breathed out your last breath? Where would you go? Where would you spend eternity? I want you to know there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. 2,000 years ago, he came and paid the price for you. And then 2,000 years ago, on Pentecost, the Holy Ghost came. And today, he calls you. I want to give you an opportunity to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior today. He stands with arms wide open. He says, come. Come unto me, all ye that labor and ever laid now. Give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Will you come? Maybe you're here, you're watching today. You gave life to the Lord in days gone by, but you've grown cold. You're not serving God like you should, but today you want to come back. You want to fall in love with Jesus all over again. Maybe it's something hidden that nobody can see. Pride, unforgiveness, bitterness, jealousy, anger, lust, the hidden things that clog the heart of man, but today you say, I want to be free. Maybe it's something outward that everyone can see. And the devil uses against you to keep you in a place of guilt and condemnation. You feel like, I'll never amount to anything. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Every one of you, God will use if you let him. He loves you. Today, he will take out the stony heart and put in a heart of flesh. Maybe you're here on this field or you're watching by way of television. You say, Pastor, I gave my life to the Lord in days gone by, but I've... A storm came against my life, a sudden divorce, a bankruptcy, the loss of a loved one, a sudden illness, the betrayal of a close friend, the loss of a job. Something happened that rocked my world. But today, I need to come back. I need the joy of my salvation restored to me. Will you let him do it today? And then lastly, if you're here on this field, are you watching in your homes and you say, Pastor, I love the Lord, but I don't have the assurance that I'm a child of God. The devil's always lying to me, telling me that I'm not saved, but today I want to know. I want to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm a child of God. If this is you and you fit into any one of these categories, I want to pray with you and for you right where you are. 
without any hesitation whatsoever, quickly put your hand up and say, pray for me right now. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Thank you, young lady. God bless you. Raise up high and say, yes, that's me. Thank you. Just slip it up high and say, yes. In your homes, just put it up high. The hand all the way to the back of the field, another hand over there. Raise up high and say, yes, 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 yes. Another hand right at the back of the field. Another several hands on that side. Another hand over there. Young lady, I see your hand. Another hand right at the back. Today is your day of freedom. Of freedom and liberty. I want you to put your hands down. Look at me, please. If you're on the field or you're watching in your homes, you did not raise your hand, but you want to be included in the prayer we're going to pray right now, quickly slip your hand up and say, include me. Anybody else? Thank you. Anybody else? Slip it up high and say, yes, that's me. Thank you. Anybody else? Anyone else? Anyone else? I see your hand. Anybody else? In your home, put your hand up. Some, somebody said, nobody can see me. The Lord sees you right where you are. I want every person that raised your hand to stand to your feet right now. Stand all across the field. Just stand. Just stand. Just stand. Just stand. Just stand. I want you to come and stand right here. We're going to pray together. Bring your personal belongings and come right here. Come. Come. To follow Jesus. Decided to follow Jesus. Come. Today is your day of freedom and liberty. He calls you. No turning back. No turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me. The cross before me. The world behind me. The cross before me. world behind me no turning back no turning back I tell you you come around the river church they can make sure people are saved yeah if you're born again don't get upset because somebody walked up to you and asked you a question just smile real big say yes I'm a child of God we don't want anybody leaving here the same way they came. Yeah. I want you at home right now to lift your hands. We're going to pray. All those watching by television and you here, just close your eyes and raise your right hand to heaven and pray this off to me right now. Say, Father, I come to you in the precious name of your son, Jesus. Lord, you said in your word, if I confess with my mouth, Jesus is my Lord 
and my Savior. And I believe in my heart that God has raised you from the dead. I will be saved. So, Father, right now, I confess Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart right now. Take out the stony heart. Put in a heart of flesh. Wash me. Cleanse me. Change me. Fill me. Use me. Let me never be the same again. I turn my back on the world. I turn my back on sin. And I follow you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Thank you that on the third day you rose for me. And thank you that you're coming back again for me. From this day on, I'll never be the same again. I confess Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. He is my Lord and my Savior. And right now, by faith in the finished work of the cross and by the shed blood of Jesus, I am saved. Thank you, Lord, for saving me now. Now just lift those hands, Father. I pray that you would seal them now by your blood and by your spirit that on that day, not one would be missing. Raise them up to be mighty men and women of God and use them to impact this generation. And I thank you for it. Great and mighty things that you will do in and through their life. Thank you. From this very day, the devil's plan over their life is canceled. And your plan is enacted. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I break every bondage, every addiction, everything that would hold you back. I break it now. I break it. And I set you free now. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. This program has been brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International in Tampa, Florida. For more information on the ministry of Drs. Rodney and Adonica Howard Brown or for additional resources, visit Revival.com.